Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everyone, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from dynamite dinners to dancing devils. And today we're talking about death kisses. Mwah. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm doing good. I hope I don't get death kissed. Yeah, I hope not, too, because it's a horrific death. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Sweet. Um, and excited because uh, it's Year of the Beholder. That's right. And this is our first, like, Beholder Kin episode. Yeah, uh, we did Beholders Revisited, which mm-hmm. was the Beholder episode that we did a long time ago. Yeah, but with again, some added with, stuff. With bonus stuff. Yeah, exactly. And here's our first 100% cut from the cloth, unique dungeon cast, presentation of Beholder Kin. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. It's the unofficial start, sort of. Oh. We've been doing Beholder stuff every episode, really. That's true, yeah. yeah we really have. Honestly, yeah. we're giving Beholders way more love than we ever did Giants. That's not true. I mean, you like, don't think so? Well, like, Giants in particular. We try, I tried to make everything a big guy. Right. <laughs> every, the whole the whole year was about being big. Yeah, it's true. Um, and this one is about Beholding, I suppose. This is about Beholding. <laughs> okay. So, it is Year of the Beholder, and as such, we are covering all things Beholder and Beholder adjacent this year. Starting with one of my favorites among Beholderkin, the Death Kiss. Also known as bleeders or eyes of terror, death kisses are the living physical manifestations of a beholder's vivid fear or dream of bleeding to death. Whoa. If you remember from the original Beholder episode, beholders have powerful reality-altering powers, giving them some conscious control over their physical surroundings, but more importantly, making their dreams become reality. Yeah. This is how both classic beholders propagate and how beholder kin are created in the first place. A beholder has a powerful dream, and depending on the subject of the dream, either a new beholder or beholder kin is born, or the beholder itself awakens transformed into a new beholder or beholder kin form. And when a beholder has a vivid nightmare about losing blood or dying from blood loss, a death kiss is born. Is this like the version of like the, the dream people have where all their teeth fall out? Yeah, kind of like that yeah, for, exactly. for beholders? Yes, all right. I would say so. Um, 
The fear of blood loss and a beholder's subsequent demise from it brings into being an aberration whose sole drive is an insatiable need to consume blood. Oh. Ever hungry, a death kiss wanders its territory in search of living creatures to, to suck dry. Death kisses resemble the beholders that create them, both in coloration and shape, but lack their eye stalks and have no mouth below their main eye. In place of magical eye rays, they instead have 10 20-foot-long tentacles, each ending with a toothy maw capable of suctioning massive amounts of blood from prey. Oh my god, it's yeah. the ultimate orb leech. Yeah, it's fucking horrifying. Each <laughs> tentacle is fully retractable, and death kisses can speak <coughs> excuse me, and death kisses can speak through their ten mouths uh, with their cacophonous voices sounding high-pitched and nasally. Like the gibbling with, mouther? Like a except for this time coherent. I think I said gibbling when you I did. should have said gibbering. <laughs> the gibbling mouth. <laughs> that gibbling um, shit. But no, yeah, no, that's terrifying. Like I would see, like, this is one of those things that you couldn't really pull off like in person. That's but, the thing, it's so hard to role-play yeah, this. You pre-record some stuff in different pitches. That's true. But like it like for a show, like say Super Quest Saga or any DD podcast, like, it would be really cool to like Introduce a death kiss and then you know go to the audio track and do ten different tracks. Yeah, and do some posts. Yeah, be it's super nice. Dope. Be, that's a lot. Sounds like a lot of fun. If yes. you throw one of these in that game, mm -hmm. and you can check out Super Quest Saga. It's another podcast we do where we play Dungeons and Dragons in space. Mm -hmm. uh, I would do that because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's yeah, you would. That's that shit I do like. <laughs> Indeed. So to anyone familiar with beholders, a death kiss is easy to discern as different than a regular beholder. But depending on the lighting and those unfamiliar to beholder physiology, a death kiss can easily be mistaken for a full-fledged beholder. Sure. Because um, it essentially looks the same, and if it's dark, you can't really see that there's no eyes at the end of them tendrils. There's just teeth. You don't yeah. know that it can't yeah. see as good, and it doesn't even trade off for talking better, it sounds like. No, it talks worse, but <laughs> Somehow scarier. everything is worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's the general gist of beholder kin, is they are less than... Yeah, they're making like pseudo-clones that are just like certain aspects of, of or the, not even just like an aspect of an idea they had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, I had a bad dream. It turned into a dude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's yeah. a dude walking around my house now. That's the thing. When the beholder kin are born, are they born like within? Is there like a stat thing that says it's born within a hundred feet of? It's the... usually. I think it's born within a mile. Okay. So so it yeah. could show up outside the lair theoretically. Theoretically, yeah. I mean, a, exactly. the holder's lair is probably more than a mile, considering like the yeah. time, the 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 uncountable hours they spend, mm. you know, making it or thinking about it. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's like uh, this is how beholders clone themselves too. Right. They think of themselves so much that another one of them appears like a mile away and then carries on thinking it was the original. Okay. And if cool. they ever meet, they kill each other. Yeah. But yeah. That's right. Yeah. Bulger crazy. They're like, what was I doing in the mountain? Oh, yeah. Oh, do, yeah. Do, 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 do. oh whoops. It's me. Yeah. Exactly. And they have a death fight. So. A death kiss might even purposely present itself as a beholder to an ignorant creature, but this behavior is rare since it is usually focused on hunting and lacks the self-importance and paranoia of a true beholder. Mm. Lastly, at times, especially after it feeds, a death kiss's body roils with a powerful electric aura. Which we will get more into as we keep okay. Going. I mean, yeah. there's metal there, and blood or whatever, right? Um, iron. There is. I think the idea here is that uh, the blood is a life force, and the life force creates energy, and that energy expresses itself within the death kiss as electricity. It's uh, it's just magnets up in there. Yeah, just magnets. Just Ma magnets. magnets and blood. Just magnets and blood. And yeah. a, a big eye. Yep. A death kiss <laughs> survives solely on ingested blood, which it uses to generate electrical energy inside its body. Okay. They favor a diet of humans and horses. 
<laughs> but will attack anything that has blood. Not the horses. <laughs> Paranoid about dying from starvation, since that's how they were born. Um, it obsessively, they obsessively drain even little creatures such as rats in an effort to stave off this fate for as long as possible. After it drains its prey, it abandons the corpse to scavengers. Oh, that's a bummer to think about. They have like a, like an aquarium tank full of just rats that the little eye stalks can go pluck. Yeah, you know? yeah. Some Ugh. little moosh boosh. Yeah. yeah, nasty. Some capybaras. Yeah. Big rats. No, not the capybaras. <laughs> I love not them. Not the horses, not the capybaras. <laughs> but little rats, fuck them. <laughs> I mean, no, I like rats too. I actually had uh, a pair of rats as pets as a kid. Me too. They're very, very cute, very well, intelligent Technically, creatures. my sister did, but oh. like... It's a family rat. Uh, shockingly intelligent creatures. Yeah. Really friendly. Unless mm, you get fun. one that's a real bastard. We yeah, had both. Oh, okay. Mine were kind. But anyway. That's good. I digress. It is important to point out that though they are related to beholders, death kisses are very different uh, men- mentally from uh, to beholders. Though still intelligent, they do not have the hyper-genius intelligence of their creators. Nor do they have the mega... Megalomaniacal, egocentric mindset of their forebearers. Okay. Uh, upon birth, the first thing a death kiss does is to attempt to escape the clutches of their creator at the first opportunity. <laughs> so they're aware. Yeah. That. They're like, oh shit, they're like, that dude's around. I got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I know what happens next if I stick around. Yeah. Okay. Not only are beholders clearly superior in combat, but have no tolerance for the presence of any but themselves. So submission is not, uh, is usually not a viable tactic. I mean, mm. there are beholders that. See, it just depends. Like, a lot of beholders just can't tolerate anything but themselves. But then there's, like, the group of beholders that just like to overlord over everybody. Yeah, like a beholder that's like, I wish I had a butler friend that looked just like me. And then one is born. Yeah, exactly. And then that one, who knows what that one's thinking. It's probably going to murder you in your sleep. Yeah, maybe. Do beholders sleep? Was that a thing? They don't sleep? Um, They do, because they dream. Oh, yeah, duh. What the fuck am I saying? (laughs) That being said, death kisses will typically submit to more powerful powerful entities if only to keep their lives. Lacking the egotistical nature of normal beholders is not a point of pride for them. When left to their own devices to do as they wish, though, death kisses are sadistic evil creatures that thoroughly enjoy playing with their prey and draining them slowly if they're able to do so without taking the combat too seriously. So they really are nasty, evil, mean things. Oh, absolutely. They're not just, like, they're not just... Sucking blood because of their, like, delusional paranoia of fear of their self-preservation. No, they actually like inflicting pain and suffering. Is Geodude a beholder with two eyes? No. When Geodude sleeps, he curls up on and looks like a rock on the sure, ground. Yeah. When beholders sleep, what beholder do? I think they float. But when these things sleep, death kisses, they are somewhat like the Geodude, which we'll talk about later. They curl up. They latch onto the wall with their little tentacle mouths. Ooh, that's actually scary. Oh, it's it's kind of like cool. They're hanging upside down like a bat. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's cool. It's just a testicle hanging from the oh, ceiling. No. <laughs> Let's go. Short rest. Yeah. It's short rest time. <laughs> God. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey everybody, be sure to check out Super, Super Quest Saga. Saga, a future fantasy 5th edition D&D actual play podcast homebrewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me, and set in space. And I play in it, along with your special guest Jake and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga! We've returned. Did you have? Look at us, back at it again. God damn it, Daniel. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Jeez, uh, knock on the wood. Why? Oh. Just in case something makes there is Oh, there is wood. I have wood right here. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so death kisses. Okay. Death kisses prefer to operate as lone hunters. Mm. They are most at home in the caverns or corridors of the Underdark, where their tentacles can spread out and search every nook and cranny and crevice as they move. Um, okay. Above ground, death kisses usually retract their tentacles into nubs uh, on their bodies, holding them ready to be lashed out by surprise when in striking distance, like a snake. I see. Okay. Mm. Uh, when they do this and close their main eye, death kisses can become a smooth, spherical, floating ball of flesh. To an unsuspecting passerby, this spectacle this spectacle could appear to be like a magical floating stone or orb, which uh, though should definitely not be approached in the world of D and D, can easily have a draw of curiosity to it. It's like, what is this mis- mystery orb floating through this forest? <laughs> what um, is this? What is this? What this mystical creature? Well, no, that's the thing is it doesn't look like a creature. It looks like an inanimate object floating. Yeah, okay, so, you know, like a rock. Yeah, like a like a magic stone or a magic orb or something yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. So, uh, by the time the hapless victim realizes their mistake upon approach, it is too late. A flurry of uh, tentacles descending upon them. Uh, their body is sucked dry in seconds, and all that's left is uh, the what the what did I write here? Oh, the dried out husk of Hank the Woodsman. <laughs> Hank the Woodsman. Sorry, Hank. Sorry, Hank. Ah, uh, we should go back to that thing about Bob in the Basilisk episode. Oh, people seem to really arm. relate yeah, to people Bob. People really felt for Bob, and Bob was a throwaway for me. I forgot Bob existed. He's uh, <laughs> created on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, Bob, did we talk about somebody named Bob in that episode? Oh, yeah, yeah we did. Bob lose an super, arm? Yeah, we yeah. super did. Uh, and Hank lost all his blood. So. Hank lost all the blood he had. <laughs> you can't put it back in. So. Damn it, Hank, I told you not to let your blood out your body like that. 
It's a strange dad. Stop, stop following those floating orbs through the forest. I told you Don't not to go dangerous. after the orbs. Or talk to that crazy woman that laughs from that m- mushroom hut. <laughs> Got your baby stolen. <laughs> Lost all your blood. <laughs> Fucking Hank. Well, okay. I brought up a uh, a death kiss stat block because. Um, oh yeah, yeah I want you, you to verify that it's correct though, because I got it off of a, a website of a of an unscrupulous site. Uh, not unscrupulous, but just not an official five uh, E site. I figured I didn't see any paperwork laying around, so I thought <laughs> I'd be proactive about it. Yeah, but I mostly wanted to see how they see stuff. Uh-huh. Well, because, they have one eye. Right. Have, well, one yes. One big eye. Yeah. Yes, one big eye. No yeah. nostrils because they're floating around in the Underdark. It's one of the creatures in the Underdark that's just relying off of touch. Yes. Because its eye is not going to be super good down it's there, is it? It's superior. Dark vision, I think, no? It does say dark vision 120 feet. So that's superior, yeah. Okay, sure. Okay. So it can it can dark see, but it's not getting that good crunchy scent from the Underdark. No, which is probably good. Well, I'm just checking, like, because most things... To be fair, most beholders don't have noses anyway. That's what I mean. It's like, if you're... This one happens not to have a mouth either. Yeah, okay. Well, it has ten, but they're not uh, on its face. Not a main mouth, you know. It's ten main mouths. Ten main mouths. Okay, so if a death kiss meets another death kiss, Mm -hmm. it might fight, flee, or team up, depending on its health and pride. It might just start making out. (laughs) The most common (laughs) result, though, is a mid-air fight to the death, with the loser becoming an incubator for the offspring of the victor. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. I mean, that's, you could call that making out. <laughs> I wouldn't, but okay. I wouldn't, but I mean, you could. You could. Yes, despite being the nightmare creations of beholders, death kisses can reproduce sexually. All right. I would say the old-fashioned way, but clobbering your mate with ten tentacles before laying chestburster eggs into them is, and smelling their certain demise is not what I would call the old-fashioned way. I had a weird dream last night where I lost all my blood, but also I did it. <laughs> I did it with my ten mouths. My eyes turned into mouths. <laughs> I would be like, bro, stop talking to me. Stop sleeping. Just stay yeah, awake. Too. Anywho, <laughs> sometimes two death kisses can meet and mate without battling. If such a love match occurs, both death kisses part ways to hunt again in the solitary fashion. Uh, inside both of their bodies, uh, buds begin to develop. Um, feeding on the bodies of the parents and driving the pregnant death kisses into a manic feeding frenzy. Wow. A month after mating, each parent becomes a manic husk hollowed out from within by its offspring. It continues feeding and fighting until it becomes so fragile that a single blow causes it to burst open. At this point, the attacker now has to deal with a swarm of 25 plus death kiss spawn. Is this going to be one of those weird things in the comments where I learn that this is based, this is like a model for a real animal? Oh, I would not doubt that this is definitely based off some fucking insect that like, (laughs) you kill it and then 500 wasps come spilling out of its abdomen. I cannot wait for you, animal specialist, to get into the comments or into the Discord. Or even maybe some sort of cephalopod creature where this happens. I wouldn't be surprised. Do you know how much I learned about snails? (laughs) A lot. This just that was yeah. this year. That was no, well, that, that was, was last, last year, year. But I mean, that I, was the, the last week of last year. I probably learned about the snail stuff in That's the true. in the following week. But yeah. yes, I mean, the point stands. Please continue. Okay. <laughs> Though not nearly as formidable as classical beholders, and without the myriad of magical powers of their progenitors, death kisses still have quite a few remarkable abilities, making them exceptionally deadly to encounter. Mm-hmm. So firstly, their ability to drain blood helps the death kiss immediately recover from damage it suffers in combat. So they can heal as they kill. Nice. Um, 
Also, the electricity generated within them from the blood that they drain is potent enough to damage enemies that manage to cause damage to the death kiss that punctures the flesh and causes them to bleed. Dang. So I think if you do slashing or piercing damage, you take electrical damage. That is damage. wild, yeah. yeah. So Unless, And it's also unexpected if you don't know what a death kiss is. It's like, oh, this weird blood-sucking creature. Oh, my God, I got electrified. <laughs> you have to roll in there with spears made of, like, silicone. Yeah, like, that'd be cool. Fiberglass that's, hybrids. That'd be a cool idea. <laughs> Um, another ability of the death kiss is their capability of going into long-term dormancy. If food becomes scarce, they are capable of entering into a state of heavy, heavy hibernation, which will extend their lifetime without the need for sustenance for years. Oh, wow. The drawback being that once they enter this state, they can only be roused by a sufficient level of heat or physical disturbance. So there's a chance to never awaken and still starve to death. <laughs> Thus, the death kiss will only do this if starvation is absolutely imminent. It's like, well, I'll starve anyways, so I might as well go into hibernation. Hopefully, something comes by that I can eat. Right, yeah, and not have to. Okay, so. But if nothing ever does, I will still starve to death. It'll just take 10 years. This sounds like when I eat too many pancakes. Just <laughs> two episodes in a row. Food reference. Indeed. Finally, the death kisses possess possess an organ in the top of their heads that can be used in alchemical recipes to create levitation potions and magic ink. Upon death, part of a death kiss's brain will harden into a soft-sided, faceted red gem known as a blood eye, which glows brightly in tandem with strong emotions of those nearby. Uh, so it's like a mood stone in a way. Such gems are rarely found and highly prized. So. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, uh, this is just a fucking like crazy adventure hook. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, let's go death kiss hunting. We have to go death kiss hunting because we can't get the key to the door until we get this crazy wizard that has the key to the door, his gem. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, sure. You you get it. Mm -hmm. You get it. I do get it. All right. Before we go over the stat block of the death kiss, uh, which I think you've finally pulled up, Maybe. We'll see if it's the official one or not. Yeah. You I wanted to briefly talk about a Beholder King closer related to the Death Kiss, but a little bit different. Okay. This is a fourth edition. There it is. <laughs> this is a fourth edition exclusive <laughs> monster called the Blood Kiss Beholder. Okay. A Blood Kiss Beholder is a type of undead vampiric uh, beholder created by long-term exposure to the energies of the Shadowfowl. Ooh. The flesh of a Blood Kiss Beholder's body has been twisted by necrotic energy until it barely resembles its living form, becoming both gray and gaunt. Mm-hmm. At the end of its eye stalks, orbul- ocular orbs are replaced with hooked-toothed orifices thirsting for blood, kind of just like a Death Kiss. Yeah, okay. Uh, one major difference between the Blood Kiss and the Death Kiss is the former's ability to perform a magical banshee-like scream that disorients their prey. Often a Blood Kiss will let loose its scream upon a group of prey before rushing in to devour them. Their thirst for blood drives them into a violent frenzy, and the scent of blood, uh, prey drives them into an even deeper frenzy. Stop making fun of my typos. Into an even deeper frenzy, causing them to lose all sense of reason or caution. So these are kind of like berserker, undead, screaming death kisses. Yeah, it's really close, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's more the, the it's most... It's just, it's 4E always wanting to do everything differently. It's like, yeah. oh, death kisses are cool, but let's do it a little different. Is 4E using the Shadowfell a lot? A lot. Yeah. yeah. Everything in 4E is Feywild and Shadowfell adjacent. Yeah, because I feel like 5E is really not hitting the Shadowfell. No, very they're hard hitting ever. the Abyss really the hard. The Abyss. Yeah, and, and the Nine Hells the as well. The Bloodborne. Yeah. Which is cool. Sort of it's all cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, um, I, I mean, I do see some, some like, simplification logic going on here where it's like, oh, the Death Kiss is cool. It's like a vampire beholder. Except for it's not undead or vampiric in any actual, like, vampiric way so like well that's dumb why don't we just make it an undead beholder that sucks blood I think that was the idea here 
Yeah, and even it, though I it, don't necessarily agree with that line of logic, I I, I see how they got there. No, yeah, I, I do I do too. Yeah. And like when you're looking for stuff to fill the Shadowfell with, that's a good pick. It is a good pick. Um, so you can tell me real quick if this is the right. Oh yeah. Um, stats. It, I mean, typically a stat block like that would look. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, the, that's the I, one. I figured. Um, so okay. Let's go over the Death Kiss stat block, Brian. Tell me all about it. We got a large aberration on our hands of neutral evil, William. <laughs> it's got an armor class of 16 natural with 161 points of hit. Now, its speed is uh, is zero feet, but the fly is 30 worth of hover. Mm, Pretty mm, cool. I mean, yeah. so you're getting like a monster. It's large. It can only move 30 feet, and it's floating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. It can, yeah. it can also hang with its teeth, according to us. Yeah, uh, sure. It's got a strength of plus four. Should I? I, I like the big number, personally. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, strength of 18, dex of 14, con of 18, intelligence of 10, wisdom of 12, and a charisma so, of 10. That's like high-level adventurer stats right there. Fighter adventure, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, saving throws it's got a plus eight to con, that makes a lot of sense, mm -hmm. and a plus five for wisdom. Uh, yeah, it's a giant eyeball. Perceptions plus five for skills. Uh, it is immune to lightning, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, uh, condition immunities prone, cannot knock this thing prone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I this is like a, a something that's like floating in a tub, you cannot make it stay at the bottom of the tub, it's exactly. Just, it might yeah. hit the ground, but, but it'll it bounce back, back up, yeah, okay. Exactly. Um, what is the hover when you are hovering? How high off the ground is that? Just for um, reference of like, you know, I can't uh, sweep the leg. Well, I think beholders can fly high too. I mean, I mean, I guess I can't fly, fly. Can it's hovering? I know. Let me see if I can look up. Yeah, you look up five E hover, and I'll look. Uh, I'll keep reading the stat block. I, I know it is a, like an actual. It has one. to be a quantified thing, right? Yeah, it, yeah, it's it, has, got it has to be. Okay, so senses. It's gonna have. The 120 feet of dark vision, which you reference as greater dark vision, which I reference as uh, still normal vision, just slightly better, maybe double good. Mm -hmm. um, it knows deep speech and undercommon, which is going to be horrible to hear out of its 10 mouths. And it's sitting at a pretty challenge rating of 10. Um, okay, I got hovering for you. Okay, what's up? So it's, it's not what we thought it is. Hovering just means the first thing we said, Bor, uh, you can't get knocked prone because you can't get knocked down. Yeah. Like, you would just float back up. So a thing that flies without hovering, and you shoot it down, it plummets and it hits the ground. Right. A hovering thing bounces back up. Right. But there's no limit to, like, its fly. So a beholder could fly into the sky if it wants. Okay, yeah. so it just is going to output energy that makes it float above the yeah. ground. It's just naturally buoyant to a certain degree. Yeah. Okay, it's just naturally going to float. Um, it's got lightning blood. A creature within five feet of the death kiss takes five or one D10 lightning damage whenever it hits the death kiss with a melee attack that deals piercing or slashing damage. Okay. Nailed it. So okay. within five feet? So if you got a spear, you're good. Uh, a kiss takes, uh, yeah, a creature within five feet of the death kiss. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, so spears. I would say if... Well, this is implying conduction, right? So if you have a non-conductive weapon, I think it's implying like a release. Of, I opened like, it up, and now yeah. there's an aura of energy, uh, yeah. and that's why it's five feet, and yeah. not if you hit this thing with a metal rod, you go and die. Exactly. Yes, you, you better die. Yeah. You better jump when you do it, because that's trying to find ground. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but no. We got actions. We got actions. Multi-attack. The death kiss makes three tentacle attacks. Up to three of these attacks can be replaced by blood drain. One replacement per tentacle. Grappling a creature, which we'll get to blood drain after. Tentacle, which is a melee weapon attack with a plus eight to hit, a reach of 20 feet on one target. Wow. 
uh, hit is going to be 14 or 3d6 plus 4 piercing damage. And the target is grappled, which means his tentacle is reaching out and just kind of, you know, Suctioning on alien you. style. Yeah. Um, xenomorph, mm-hmm. right? They're called xenomorphs? I think so. I'm yeah, sorry, sure. your special guest, Jake. I've let you down. By even questioning it. I don't really like the Alien movies. Don't say that. (laughs) I like the first one. It's good. It is good. Um, Let's see. And the target is grappled. If it is huge or a smaller creature. I forgot to read that. Until this grapple ends, the target is restrained. And the Death Kiss can't use the same tentacle on another target. So you got to keep track of which ones is which doing Mm. what. The Death Kiss has ten tentacles. Thank you. Uh, Blood Drain. Ten tentacles. (laughs) Ten tackles. (laughs) Ten of them. One creature grappled by tentacles of the Death Kiss must make a DC 16 Constitution save throw to keep that blood inside. On a failed save, the target uh, takes 22 or 4d10 lightning damage, and the Death Kiss regains half as many hit points, Ooh. which implies that you're gonna be losing the blood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so this thing's inside Volo's guide. It's kind of like I, I don't know why I picture probably because I've been watching. Uh, DBZ Bridge, but picture Cell. It's just like sucking you dry until oh, like, yeah, you just totally. hear nothing. That's fun. Yeah. Everybody loves that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, it's definitely going to, oh, I could see like, you wouldn't have to like create a restoration or anything this, but like where it got you, it's mm-hmm. kind of like dried it out. I'll shrivel like pickle his arm when Cell gets his arm. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Man, yeah. you really are on a good one. I am, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's it for the stat block though. All right. Um, that's pretty good. Any questions about the death kiss? Uh, no, we we nailed it. I think we nailed it. Yeah, sure. I think so. Feel well, educated. In that case, let's get ready for a long rest. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. Uh, since we spent an entire episode covering a beholder, we're going to take a break from creating our customized dungeon cast especial beholder. Uh, and we're going to talk about a little bit about beholder fact. Will, did you know that every beholder has an engine inside of it that powers fans that create a pressurized air cushion beneath it that help it hover. Oh my God. I know it's, it looks like magic, but it's actually pure science. That's canon. That's canon. Yeah, just no, kidding. That's it. how yeah. hovercrafts work. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, anyway. Good one. That's it for I the like long rest beholder. on this one. It's not really beholder fact, beholder factoid. A beholder factoid. That's what yeah. this will be. Beholder, the beholder factoid segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, indeed. I just tell you a lie. Yeah. Anyway. Where I lie to you. If you like what we do on this show, and possibly even Super Quest Saga, if you're not checking that out, you should. Um, there are a few ways you can support us. The first and foremost thing you can do is to tell people about the show. And we really appreciate it when you do. We notice. We pay attention. Uh, We have some incentivization for you in that regard, which is uh, our latest contest where we're giving away a book. What's that book called? Candlekeep Mysteries. Man, why can't my brain latch onto that? Candlekeep Mysteries. Keeping on candles. (laughs) It's, uh, I think it's 16 different uh, mystery-themed adventures. Yeah. So it's like a nice, it's kind of like Tales from the Yawning Portal, where it's like a a bunch of little mini adventures. Right, 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 right. And the alt art looks amazing. Like yeah. alternate cover art. This looks- is a really exciting release because they're based off of like, I think there's like heists and like, you know, mysteries. Yeah. You're solving yeah. mysteries, yeah. literally. So that's- Which it's pretty cool to do that because I think so many people go like the Dungeoneering route with d and I mean, why wouldn't you? It's called Dungeons and Dragons. But exactly. there's other ways to express the game. We do a sci-fi game. You could also do a mystery game. So Yeah, this is cool. Or just have a, you know, throw in, you're in a town. You want to have something cool to play in your town or in a, in a city. Um, I think this is a great pick for that. So if you want to win the alternate art cover of 
uh, this Candlekeep book. Candlekeep Mysteries. I think uh, Candlekeep Mysteries. We're going to give away two different yeah. copies. One on um, Twitter, one on Instagram. One on Twitter and one on Instagram. Will, you want to tell them how they can do the thing on Twitter? On Twitter, all you have to do is share a link to your favorite episode of the show. It could be this show. It could be Super Quest Saga. It could be DD5. It could be any of our shows. It could be a link to our Patreon if yeah. you really want to do I that. I suppose so, yeah. I'll accept Why that. not? All you got to do is add the hashtag DungeonCast in between now and March 16th. I'll, uh, I'll pick that up, put it on a list. Or actually, I'll have someone else do that because someone else is doing that now, which thank is great. God. So thank, thank you to that someone else. God bless you, thank someone you, else. Thank you, I love you. Um, so yeah, she'll pick it up. She'll get your name on the list. And then at the end, we will uh, roll a random number generator and figure out who's going to win. Yeah, same thing, uh, same thing on Instagram. Um, you're going to uh, basically uh, make sure you're following the account. You have to be following these accounts to be eligible. And uh, like that post on Instagram and go ahead and tag a friend in the comments. Tell them uh, why you like the show. Tell them something about the show. Um, you can enter as many times as you want in separate comments. Just tag one person per comment and that's going to help uh, spread the word, which is the point. Uh, and get you guys a cool book, hopefully. So good luck to everybody that's participating. If uh, if you want to help us out in other ways, you can leave an iTunes review. That's a great one. Or a review on any podcasting platform. You know, I know... Podcast Addict and Podbean all have their own systems, which is weird, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. We see them, you know. That's that's a cool. It's a cool thing that happens. And they're they're usually very kind, and we thank you guys to everybody that does leave iTunes reviews. Um, we see them and appreciate them, and it really does help the show, uh, visibility wise. So thanks a lot. Um, same thing with YouTube. Hit that like and subscribe. You know the drill there. Mm-hmm. And then um, what a Patreon. Patreon's the last thing. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/DungeonCast where you can get. At the $5 tier, some live game stuff, uh, access to Will's show notes, um, you know, for episodes past, and uh, early access to episodes. We record them and get them published in the same day, which is usually weeks and weeks before they actually are set to air. So get ahead on your lore, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, do, it, do it behind the shadows of our paywall. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's merch um, that you can only get on our Patreon. Um the original soundtrack for everything we've ever done exists in the $10 tier, including Super Quest Saga. We get asked about that occasionally, uh, where we can find the tracks for that. I try to keep it as up-to-date as I can. Um, but just so you know, when it comes to Patreon, we're just kind of doing what we can there. Um, there's not a regular release other than early episodes in the Dungeon Chats, which is a special podcast we do at the $5 level um, that you know is hopefully at least once a month. It's probably a little more than that. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Yeah, sounds good to me. I think we can call it a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. 
As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. 